Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. summertime and summer brings with it uh lots of things both good and bad uh bad is that basically uh the entire northern half of the country pretty much seems to be actively melting right now so uh especially if you are are listening to this in the pacific northwest uh we we hope that you are staying safe and staying as as cool as can be humanly achieved um but on on the good side uh it it maybe brings the possibility uh if you are are not too spooked by uh the delta variant to uh get out and and do some exploring and and pierce i think you were you were just on the road for a little bit right yes i just drove um right around two hours a fairly pleasant drive to chattanooga Chattanooga, Chattanooga, um, Tennessee, or as they call it there, like Nuga, which is a really weird thing to see. The Nuga. Like, yeah, it's it's just a it's a weird uh, it's a weird combination of, of of you know letters and words, and then it's like let's pull these out together. You know, I think it makes sense. Everybody wishes they could move to the Cleve Lemon. Yeah, they, but they don't. No, but um, it was it was nice to go there because it's very clear that Chattanooga has, in the last five years probably, they've made an effort to appeal to people, to especially younger folk, to come there and be like, hey, this is, a for the South, a decently sized city. Um, we've got all of these parks um you know state parks we've got um lookout mountain um got the battlefields and again we have all this water around here there's all this outdoor stuff to do um why don't you come move here and basically treat it like uh tennessee's like pick your city in colorado is is kind of how it felt to me and with that comes like hey let's take the warehouse district or like the downtown and spruce up the buildings and open up some things that are appealing coffee roasters breweries um you know hip hip restaurants with with cool windows that slide open and then of course the teeny boutique hotels which i ended up in a moxie by marriott because um as we'll get into, this is a crowded marketplace um, of of these boutique hotels, the ones uh, aimed at snack people, us, the, the hip folk, um, and so you know these <laughs> these long-standing like uh, hospitality corporations wanted a bite of that apple, so you end up with Moxie by Marriott, which was so clearly geared toward me, seeing it on my you know chase portal or whatever and be like "Ooh, i'm gonna stay there well you you mentioned marriott and and i think what we can all agree on for sure is that uh you know if if there's anything 
that uh, that screams kind of boutique luxury and and appeals to the hip young people. It's the words "Buy Marriott." Yeah. Well, that's why they had to throw Moxie. A, as we went over, what Max. What was name. the? Well, here's the thing, Max. What's the name of the place you stayed in in Portland, Maine? Uh, no, this was in Portland, Oregon. Oh, sorry. And what I was the name it was, of the... What did I say? The Hoxton? Ah. Uh, I also said Moxie. What is joining those two? Obviously, uh, you have pretension. Have a, yeah, pretension and having... Oh, and an X. <laughs> X marks the spot for snacks. So, <laughs> X I marks mean, the snacks. this is just... Uh, it's so... That, that oh, is just, wait, are we talking about hotels or X's? Because we could do a whole pod on just yeah. sneaking well, X's it's into interesting the names you, of Well, you, it's interesting focused. you mentioned that because a big thing of, of these uh, these hotels seems to be that um, you better not have X's on your hands because the, the lobby, the front desk, so to speak, is actually a bar and they actually give you tokens they're like oh your first two drinks are, are free of of like our signature cocktail or a beer so like it is very much geared towards um uh, you know wel- welcome to the hotel which is also your bar for the weekend so that's interesting i, I, I wonder you know we're talking about how how these sort of collections of experiences get frankenstein together mm-hmm. you know that sort of experience actually strikes me as maybe being pulled from an unlikely source for for this kind of hotel which is the bed and breakfast um and you know i I think that a, a pretty common thing if you go somewhere and stay at a bed and breakfast is to have kind of like a, a happy hour of, of sorts or, or yeah. something similar that's kind of part and parcel of your stay there um there's there's one in uh, Charlottesville, uh, which, which I guess technically may be a hotel, but it's called the South Street Inn. And my parents stayed there at least once or twice when they would come to visit. And they would have, like, you know, they'd have wine available in the afternoon. Uh, and so that's that's sort of an, a, an interesting pull because, you know, it feels like that experience, the bed and breakfast experience, is targeted to people you know a skosh older than us yeah Um, and i would i would say that these you know a bed and breakfast one thing that i think of with the bed and breakfast is it's quiet um Mm -hmm. you know it's 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 bed and breakfast not bed and dinner or or you know you know there may be a happy hour but it's not bed and happy these places because of that like and and max i want to go to one you brought up which is these places have um they have a bar that like you can walk into um if if you're coming off the street a place to hang and i saw a lot of people coming from other things and stopping here which is not what i think of of your embassy seats down the road or the the bed breakfast and there are also things like live bands i think both nights i was there there was a live band so these are loud i mean they want you to be spending time there I, i know max you mentioned one and maybe it doesn't check all those boxes yeah, well, I just the when I'm hearing you saying like I to me the like a a fancy bar in the lobby of a hotel does not sound like a new concept. I feel like that's a pretty no. established no, thing. Not. And even even having bars that are in hotels being like the popular bars to go to is is not a foreign concept. I think the difference here maybe is these like Boston has some very 
nice historic bars that are in hotel lobbies because that's where they've always been. Um, mm-hmm. I think yeah, the, the French Quarter here in New Orleans is, is big on that too. Yeah, the distinction here I think is the bars that are either focused on getting specifically younger people in, maybe a more a, a hipper crowd, yeah. and also some of these maybe freebies. I think I mentioned a place that has a wine bar. I think it's every night from like five to seven, and and I think it's for people who are staying in the hotel only. But let's say you know, they don't check your card on the way in. So yeah, as long as you maybe dress the part as if you're staying at the hotel, then you can probably, I guess, enjoy some wine. And Sean, uh, you know, you mentioned French Quarter having these these hotel bars that are stalwarts, but you know, both of us have stayed in actually multiple graduates which are i think pretty thoughtfully curated it's it's a brand now it's not like marriott large but it's in Mm -hmm. college towns and they have these these hotels that are pretty consistent but they each have their own theme and i do think that they are appealing to a younger crowd like almost people who went to school there and then are coming back to visit or you're visiting your town you like that feel their bars i've gone and enjoyed a couple it's it's definitely different but maybe you can explain how it is because that's something i've tried to think about too well i the the idea you definitely hit on something with the idea that the the graduate hotel in in every college town that has a graduate hotel is designed under the same brand umbrella and with the same sort of principle but that principle is play to the audience of your college town. So all all of them have, well, actually I say all of them have a sort of collegiate aesthetic, but that's actually not true at all. The, the one in Charlottesville very much is tailored in that sort of way. Uh, And I, I think the one uh, that the other one that I know that we have both stayed at in Ann Arbor uh, has that feel too. Like, you know, down in the lobby, they have, kind of tables that are, are set up almost like library carols and they have kind of like those, you know, green lamp lights and, and that sort mm. of stuff. Uh, but the other one that I've been to is in Nashville. I went there with Emily two and a half years ago now. And uh, it's, you know, their lobby space is, is much more sort of like clean, modern design. There's lots of like, there's some like neon sort of art on the walls and there's, you know, uh, Dolly Parton's out the Yang. Um, mm-hmm. But, but it definitely, like, it felt like, you know, the design style or, or the design approach. That's maybe the better way to put it. The design approach was clearly consistent across the brand, but that doesn't mean that the individual hotels look the same so like calling calling it a brand i think is a, a a good way to go but that's you know the graduate is an interesting example to me because it doesn't i don't know it doesn't strike me as quite so boutique i think they're angling for something that's perhaps a, a tad more accessible i mean they they have this whole yeah. hall pass promotion where you pay like 500 bucks up front and can it's like unlimited stays for the whole summer. It's yeah, it's is a very curious promotion. And I, I do think that they make them approachable, which 
which leads to another thing and and i think the hotel i stayed in was like a decent price for like where it was and in comparable um stuff and i do think graduates are are not that expensive because you have this this jump it seems like where you can have the cheaper hotel which is a place to stay and it may be on the ring of of the city or you know not in like the coolest part of town it might be in an extremely residential part um and you have the the fancy stalwarts hotels but i think this is trying to say like hey we can offer some of the amenities of fancy stalwarts but one thing i have noticed is is like it's approachable but like these are not the the big hotel rooms that make you go whoa i max i think your example in portland you said was um uh specifically and, and seemingly purposefully like small rooms not even trying to make you think that they were normal sized rooms but were in fact smaller like they were actually smaller yeah um i think for a variety of reasons like you mentioned location i mean this is a the, the hoxton appears to be a, a chain of hotels in a number of uh international destination cities mm-hmm. and their focus is getting a basically renovating a historic building in a very popular area of town so like key location and jamming as many hotel rooms into it as they can <laughs> and making them very small and and it and it's interesting cuz that is definitely I, I don't want to use the word millennial cuz i really think it's almost even younger people than millennial i think the term is you know it's 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 anyone under the age of of 35 at this point which is really only a small portion of the millennials right um but i think it's geared towards the young you know they say that this whole this whole concept that that younger people want more of an experience and they don't care as much about uh, the 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 you know things the soap or, in the room. or the space. No, honestly, I I think that's the idea. Is is these if you if you're going to explore a city and you're in a key spot of downtown, we're gonna make the room you sleep in just a very minimal minimal small room with you know. There was no closet in the room we stayed in. It was a and, room with a bed and, and then a bathroom, and that, there's no kitchenette. There's no nothing. And then they have this, the bar, you know, there was a rooftop bar and a bar in the lobby. I think the hotel had three <laughs> bars in it, so it, they had the space. <laughs> they just chose to make that space into bars instead of more rooms. I don't know. Right. I mean, it's it's, I don't know. It's no different from what's happening with air travel, where they just, they've realized that, you know, with whatever whatever set of changing priorities and preferences there is like the the best way for these things to be viable businesses is on volume Volume. not on being able to charge you an exorbitant hotel rate i mean god we talked about this uh, a few weeks ago when we were talking about airbnb and and the you know vc subsidized apps uh that you know people uh, People who were were kind of big Airbnb users are, are maybe kind of moving back in the direction of hotels now. And one of the biggest things that keeps getting cited by young people bitching about Airbnb on Twitter is that the you know the price of Airbnb rentals is going up. And so, like, if if you're going to compete on price then in order to to make it work from the business side you have to cram as many people in as possible and you probably need to get as many people paying for drinks as possible because good god what is a better profit margin than selling 
you know, restaurant bar markup alcohol. And here's where we come to the point I was thinking about and I was so ready to make. So we have a place that is supposed to be convivial. It's got bars. You want to make a markup on the drinks you sell. Everybody's going in there. It's loud. We have to make money off of volume. It's catered to younger people. The rooms are small. What have we done here? We've made hostels fancy. That is to me <laughs> what has happened and it's it's just like it's just like tiny homes, it's just like vans, it's just like basically anything where we've added life with a y in it too. We've just taken kind of these these small things and that were like kind of grungy in the case of hostels. What you did is you just took the hostel and you made it you took out maybe the threat of foot fungus because you have your own bathroom and room. And and now we're 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 doing this and we're all like, wow, this is great. I love it. Um, I'm going to take a picture in front of the, the uh, um, shipping container that they have as their bar outside and the band is in the background. Like, wh- what a bit of marketing this has been. That's an interesting way to look at it. Like, you're, you're crossbreeding a hostel and A-Town. <laughs> yeah. R.I.P. A-Town. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I mean, that's that's really what it feels like. And, I mean, I know for me having uh having done some some hostile stuff in the past um the i was like why don't we have more of these in in the u.s and i kind of get it because it's young people on their own do you know traveling on their own which i'm sure people are are afraid of to an extent um but like if this is the way we have it here i do think it's a good idea because kind of to your point max People don't really care about the quality of soap in the room. They more care about being close to cool stuff in the city. And that's also something that I realize more and more where Airbnb sometimes really hit in terms of being close to things. But if a city has been kind of built out and stuff, that is not there in in an affordable way. And that a hotel might be able to get you. Yeah, I mean... I do want to disagree that when you say people don't care about the soap in the rooms, that's actually one of the few things they might care about because <laughs> they want that soap to be like locally sourced and organic. What they don't care about is like the size of the room and like the furniture and stuff. They right. That's, they yes, want the decor yes. to be hip, but you don't really care. And, and the amenities, like I said, there was no kitchenette. They just want a space to, to sleep. The hostel thing is, is fascinating to me. Because I think you have, I didn't think about that, but you're, you're very right. I mean, there is a difference and there's, there's not really communal, sleeping but that just might be a a u.s thing with hostel like that's what makes it a luxury hostel and i've stayed in hostels internationally where you get a private room Mm -hmm. and they're small so yeah that's that's fascinating you might have hit something here i mean it's kind of just like good business right you you know if you're if you're traveling if you're traveling to a place you know we're talking about we kind of started from the position of like they're they're trying to make these hotels an experience and I kind of don't think that that's a hundred percent accurate. They're, I think, they're capitalizing on the idea that if you're going to take a trip to go somewhere, like you got to stay somewhere when you go on a trip. That's all well and good. So, but at the same time, you're not planning to spend a significant portion of your excursion like hanging around the hotel 
Mm-hmm. So why not just, you know, give sort of the the appearance of being kind of hip and modern, have a, a good bar for if, you know, like if you need to kill time before you have to go to the airport. But otherwise, just like make something that is moderately comfortable, but that lets you feel like, you know, you can then just get out of there and spend your time visiting Chattanooga or Chicago or Boston, actually visiting Chattanooga or Boston or Chicago instead of visiting the Moxie by Marriott. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think it, it, it does come down to, for me, the time that I would want to spend hanging out there is, is like that time where it's, it's four thirty, it's, it's five thirty, and you know, oh, there's a nice enough bar in here. Let me hang out before I go to dinner or go downtown or meet meet up with people in this cool place. I've done stuff during the day and I need a little break. And I think that it's just it's it's a not only appealing to maybe maybe a different kind of traveler, but a traveler who is doing different things because you know business travel is going to come back in some sort of way. And the 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 actual Marriotts and the actual Hyatts, I could see why those types of traditional hotels are still going to be really appealing and not just because of the points and the loyalty programs and everything else but having a quiet home base where it's like all right i'm going to work 10 hours a day but i'm going to have breakfast here i do not have to worry about it i don't have to leave and if i need a drink and dinner at the end of the night it's also here i don't have to worry about it i don't have to leave and my room is there so i'm curious as we go towards this okay it's like uh hostile but americanized and we want to go in the airplane route which is jamming more and more people as possible like at what point might we see uh capsule hotels in the u.s which i don't i've never stayed in one but i know my brother did they're these they're these hotels that i know are are somewhat common and i don't know how common they are but they're they're in japan Mm-hmm. Where you basically get like a little human-sized garage door room that's just a bed, so you like tube into it, almost like a what would you like on a ship maybe? Like you 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 know you crawl like a in. bunk. There's, you have your yeah, own it's bunk. A, it's a bunk in a with a com- it's communal bathroom, but you do have an enclosed space, unlike a hostel. And it's you know the very much the economy seating of of sleeping, and you can stay in downtown Tokyo in one for for. I believe what is about thirty dollars US a night. That is fascinating. It also sounds like my mildly claustrophobic nightmare. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, so I when will we have those? <laughs> is this it, is this a step towards that? I mean, do you think that's a natural? I, I don't know that it is because these are more like you said they're experiential, and they sort of are yeah. a luxury brand or at least mm-hmm. want to be. And I don't know how you make one of those seem like a luxury unless well, it flies. Uh, a hostel, a, a hostel experience can be fun because of the communal nature, but it's also a very fiscally responsible thing to do, um, and it's how some people are able to travel. And I would say that same thing with the capsules is like they uh, sometimes people use them because they're they're out on the town and they they you know don't really have the capacity to to go home um and and it's just kind of a fiscally and and just a very practically uh the right thing to to do i don't know how you spruce those up in uh, i mean this is why i'm not making money off of the boutiquing of hostels but 
I think that there's just such a big jump there to like you'd have to make it a little bit bigger but like how much bigger you'd probably have to put a window in it and can you imagine a building that just has like windows for these little tubes people tubes so funny funny you say that because uh at least as of 2019 uh somebody had had attempted a boston-based company called sleepbox uh (laughs) took a run at uh opening a what they call a capsule-like experience. In Boston? No. Concourse A of Dulles Airport. Uh, oh, I have seen those. And and so so I'm reading from afar.com, which I, I think is some sort of like travel site. Uh, the sleep box bears scant resemblance to a Japanese capsule hotel. My home for the night was a modern small room more akin to a minimalist suite on an Airbus A380, complete with a comfortable twin-size bed, LED lighting with a multitude of color options, a high-speed internet connection courtesy of the airport, and peace and quiet. Around five feet wide and eight feet long, there's plenty of room to stand up and stretch. You can control the lock, lighting, temperature, and ensuite music with the Sleepbox app. The experience comes with an eye mask, bottle of water, and plenty of plugs for devices. So, like, that's, I mean... God, if you were going to try to design it from scratch, wouldn't that be the blueprint for the American yeah. Capsule Hotel? Yeah, and that's the right place to put it, where where it's like, yeah, I don't want to leave. I have a bad a bad layover. Like, give me a box to sleep. Give me a coffin <laughs> for, for for a non permanent period of time. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's how you do it. You find the the use case, and you know we see a clear one with this. Bo- these booty costals essentially um uh but yeah maybe maybe it's there for for sleep boxes yeah i mean look none of none of these choices is by accident no. um that's that's what that's what we can comfortably say for sure uh they they sort of suggest the person who's writing this suggests that it's maybe not the best substitute for like an actual hotel but it's more for like you know, if you have a, a really long layover, or like if there's some yeah. sort of delay issue and you just want to kill a couple hours and take a nap. So like that, you know, I think that's probably a very accessible gateway into this concept for for Americans. But yeah, it's it it will be fascinating to see how this goes, because I think that I, I don't know, I, I could easily see it just being something where hotels as an industry start to converge towards this modern boutique sort of thing. And you basically have like a two paths of how people stay in other places. And it's like those kinds of hotels or it's Airbnbs. Like, I yeah. don't think that's a in, implausible future scenario at all. Yeah. I mean, the other thing with, with either of those scenarios is that, um, it, your experience staying anywhere does not have to be in and of itself cool. Like your accommodations do not have to be cool or hip. Um, the other wild card in this is that at some point, uh, allegedly, this age group will reach the uh, the time of, of reproduction and then they will have children and then nothing will be cool anymore. So I will be <laughs> interested how this changes because um, just thinking of the size of, of my room, it's like, could you uh, fit two 
human to adult humans in a small person in in the room yes would it be absolutely miserable when you trip over each other to like go get the soap artisanal or otherwise it would just be miserable (laughs) it would be terrible but yeah i mean that's it's the the idea that it doesn't have to be cool is a very good point emily and i went on a trip to Asheville and stayed in an Airbnb where we were like, we were very obviously in someone's basement and you know, they had, they converted it into, uh, you know, into a, a nice enough suite. It wasn't like fancy, fancy or anything, but it certainly wasn't cool. You definitely wouldn't call it cool, but it was comfortable. And we had the company of one of our hosts, weird paintings and it was very affordable and it was super accessible to like downtown Asheville. So it was great. Like it's the perfect, it's the perfect thing. And, and there was no, there was no pull to, to like spend time there. And that I think is like, as a traveler, like that's what you want. You want a place that checks the boxes you need so that you can spend your time going and doing the stuff that you want to do. Don't 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 feel like your accommodation is putting pressure on you. I like that idea. <laughs> that would be awful. Uh, you know what else is awful though? Uh, whatever it is that you did that you have to apologize for this week because it's time for Pierce is sorry. Well, I am I am sorry to the management of I guess the management of the Chattanooga Lookouts um, baseball stadium, and I'll tell you why. So I went to a minor league baseball game, which was excellent. Um, I I watched two pitchers who I will probably never hear of again. I couldn't tell you their names right now. Two starting pitchers who, in the first six innings of the game, combined struck out 25 batters, one of whom struck out 16 batters and also gave up three home runs in six innings. Um, but so I go to the ballpark and I uh, go up to get, you know, hot dogs and, uh, oh no, it was actually like some drinks first because there were a couple different trips to, to try what they had. And so I, earlier that morning I had gotten um, cash out to go to the minor league baseball game. Um, and uh, I hand the cash to the, the person helping me out there and they go, oh no, no, we're, we're, we're cashless. And I just was like, I was agape at this. I was like, this is this is a, a baseball stadium. What do you what do you mean you don't accept cash? I didn't say this. I just handed over my card. But in my head, it's just a totally traumatic experience. And I really um, was thinking too little of the progressiveness of a minor league baseball franchise, especially one that that like has been around for a while. But like. Speaking of making things easier and appealing to a younger crowd, um, not having to be wholly reliant on cash and making it easier to buy things uh, across the concourse um, was a really good move. And I'm sorry for not thinking that the Chattanooga Lookouts organization was thinking that far ahead, but I really appreciated it. Um, And I would definitely go back there again because that was really, really great. Interesting. I, you know, I think that I think that you're right. There are, are plenty of, of benefits to to the the cashless revolution, but there is something that's very satisfying about trading a piece of paper for a hot dog. 
Yeah, I was I was looking forward to it because there were like having like a couple one dollar bills to like leave as a tip and stuff, or or mm-hmm. you know the rest of my evening. I was looking forward to that, and I of course then didn't have that, and so it was awkwardly like, who wants a twenty dollar bill? And no one wants a twenty dollar <laughs> bill. One of the coffee shops that I go to in Richmond has a, an interesting policy where they will not accept cash as the primary payment but they will still take cash tips mm-hmm. um which you know whatever like good on good on them for for finding uh, some sort of flexibility that works for them uh but yeah it's uh, i find I, I find that i am also someone who occasionally wants to keep cash around and i'm finding kind of less and less of a reason to do it uh so yeah, well maybe uh, today the Chattanooga lookouts, tomorrow the world. Um, yeah, well let's uh, let's let's wrap up with a big idea from pop culture, and uh, we have spent <laughs> the whole episode really talking about appealing attempts to appeal to young crowds, and. Uh, I, I, I read in the Washington Post a, a truly masterful uh, feature by Maura Judkiss uh, about the end of an era for a, a place uh, that that spent a great deal of time and effort to appeal to a young crowd. That feature is called I've Got Tequila on My Foot. It's last call for Whitlow's in Clarendon. Oh, I thought they were. I thought they were moving. I didn't realize that. Well, so as as is noted in the feature, they are are hoping to uh, to move and to reopen somewhere else. But like there there is not a concrete plan for that at the moment. So mm-hmm. they just they are now closed after after last weekend, uh, or. Maybe even the weekend before that. Uh, so, so there's a uh, scenes like two two people allowed uh, a picture of of themselves making out on the the dance floor to be run in the goddamn Washington Post, and I don't understand. That seems like a pretty good argument for not letting uh, people who are are like 23 now. Uh, have any say in any important decision ever. Well, um, or don't let them make that decision when they're blackout drunk on the dance floor <laughs> of Whitlow's, which is obviously right. when the reporter asked them, and they were like, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, a bit of a shame. I, I, I'll, I'll say... Uh, it's a, a sad goodbye, at least for now, to a, a place where, I don't know, it is, it is at least theoretically possible that one of the hosts of this podcast got real drunk in the summer of 2014 and vomited in a cup. So, who knows? I, I think it's, it's important for, for places like those to exist because they are local and clearly they have... A, a market and so the fact that a place Boy, like that they. closes the fact that a place like that closes I'm like you know nothing is sacred and I better hurry up and go to Galaxy Bar before something terrible happens 
Well, you'll also love you'll also love the uh, the feature because Galaxy, Galaxy Hut oh because gosh, Galaxy like... Hut does get a shout out uh, as as the sort of pre uh, pre DC explosion kind of uh, general vibe of Clarendon. Um, so so there there's a little a little something for everybody. I'm glad that the vibe has maintained the same, but the prices have kept up with Clarendon. <laughs> <laughs> So hey, hats uh, off to you. Whatever you got to do to stay in business, Galaxy Hut, we love you. So, Twelve yeah. dollars for a beer, just it's fine. I'll I mean, the, it. if anyone's be- it, that's the, like they're charging twelve, but the beer they're serving versus the you pay eleven at the bar across the street for like a Bud Light. I'll stand for that. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I've got tequila on my foot. It's the last call for Whitlow's and Clarendon in the Washington Post. As usual, we'll have a, a link in the show notes. And that is the end of the podcast for this week. Uh, you can find us at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com. You can also subscribe to the show on your podcast app of choice. If you do that, uh, episodes will, will pop up for you automatically every uh, Thursday or Friday, depending on when I have time to edit them. Uh if you do that, please leave a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing, or just tell a friend about the show. We'd love to share it with them as well. We'll be back next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. R.I.P. Whitlow's. Thanks for listening. Well, I guess Bye. I just don't enjoy